Hi everyone, I'm Debbie Roberts from Property Apprentice. Join me today for the Week in Review where I talk about current events for the everyday investor and home buyer. Our topics for this week, first topic, stuff on the 28th of May published an article that's called why you're seeing a lot more prices listing, listed on house listings. Second topic is from landlords.co.nz on the 30th of May, tougher insulation rules date for new homes could be pushed out. Topic number three, stuff on the 30th of May, taller homes on smaller sections, density rules will shape new suburbs too. And fourth topic, on the 31st of May, stuff published an article called record low interest rates aren't coming back. ASB. Topic number five, interest.co.nz on the 1st of June, home buyers spoiled for choice with a huge increase in the number of homes available to, for sale. So let's rip into it. First topic on the 28th May, why you're seeing a lot more prices listed on house listings. Agents are saying that prices on sales on adverts are making a comeback after the housing market's begun to cool leaving auction the least preferable way to sell property. The latest Real Estate Institute figures show that 721 properties were sold nationwide in auctions. This amounts to only 14.8% of all sales. This is a significant decrease compared to the same time last year where 29.8% of all properties were sold at auction. Real Estate Institute Chief Executive Jen Baird said that people tend to move away from auctions in a slower market and this is supported by trade me analysis on listed listings by sale method which showed 57% of listings nationwide included the seller's price expectations in April. That was up from 46% at the same time last year. In three main centres, there was an uptick in more price transparent methods such as inquiries over or asking price compared to auctions and tenders. 50% of listings for the month of April in Auckland were priced by negotiation and 38% were asking price, while just 6% were for auctions. Last April, 21% of auctions uh, 21% of listings were for auction. Traditionally, auctions have never been very popular in Wellington, but from 5% last year, it's gone down to just 1%. Sales by tender are preferred, but they only made up 3% of the listings, down from 13% last year. The region's listings with asking price and for inquiries over were up to 18% and 51% from 8% and 35% respectively. In Canterbury, listing by auctions decreased from 17% last year to just 8%, while listings with asking price and inquiries over were up to 32% and 25% from 25% and 19%. A nationwide decrease of properties listed for auction and an increase of properties with prices displayed were also seen through figures from realestate.co.nz. Trade Me Property Sales Director Gavin Lloyd said that high supply and easing demand encourage sellers to be more transparent with their price expectations. However, Barfoot and Thompson Director Peter Thompson said that despite their company marketing more properties with prices, auctions are still the best way to secure a sale as they attract more buyers. 
Uh, my personal thoughts on that are that auctions are a great way to deal with cash unconditional buyers. But if there's less cash unconditional buyers in the market at the moment, um, it's still potentially worth giving it a shot depending on the area that you're in because the marketing plans for auctions are usually quite strong. Uh, so Peter Thompson also added that even if the auction clearance rate has fallen, they are seeing a lot of success in the three to five days post-auction, like I was saying. If a property doesn't sell under the hammer, it opens the sale up for conditional buyers. Okay, So what we tend to see is that when the market slows down, uh, people prefer to make offers on properties with asking prices because it gives people a bit of an idea of where to start you know so yeah and in a booming market obviously you don't get as much choice as what you've got at the moment so my gut feeling is based on our experience a slower market you will expect to see more asking prices and you will have some vendors that will be motivated to sell so they'll be open to negotiating all right, so what else we got? Um, go lightly. Uh, so Christchurch based agent Vanessa Go Lightly from Ray White Morrison Co. She said that people tend to pull back from auctions in a cooler market because they're afraid that they might not get a result, which is a little bit counterintuitive because in a booming market you've got more chance of not getting a result, uh, whereas in, as a buyer you've got more chance of not getting a result because there's lots of competition. Whereas in a cooler market, it's the seller that start getting nervous about going to auction. In Canterbury, in Christchurch rather, the regional clearance rate's about 50%. So there's still about a 50% chance of selling unconditionally. But it's not the end of the world if the property doesn't get sold at auction because a lot of properties sell really closely after the auction date. So for example, um, yeah, there's Ray White Tawa to Pukarua Bay owner, Graham Barr said that despite buyers turning their attention to sales campaigns with prices displayed, this isn't necessarily a good thing. He said that the problem is that sellers want to see their property marketed at a premium price, which doesn't necessarily reflect the current market. So, you know, if you're looking at selling a property in today's market, you really need to be realistic with your price expectations and expect to negotiate because a lot of buyers, um, there's not a lot of buyers to start with but the ones that are out there will certainly be trying to you know bag a bargain there's a lot more fear of overpaying in the market these days rather than that fear of missing out uh, property brokers Palmerston North branch manager David Clue believes that pricing brings certainty and clarity using non-pricing methods in a changing market leaves sellers vulnerable and buyers playing a guessing game he suggested that agents look at what comparable properties in the area are currently selling for to establish a price that's acceptable for sellers and fair for buyers which at the end of the day that's called market value. Auctions require unconditional sales and 80% of sales at the moment are subject to conditions. We're seeing a lot of offers on properties uh, at the moment. We're seeing a lot of offers conditional on the sale of another property to make it work. So yeah, we, you'll expect to see a bit more of that. So let's move on to the second topic from landlords.co.nz on the 30th of May. Tougher insulation rules date for new homes could be pushed out. 
A six-month extension is being proposed to the date at which better insulation for new homes will be required. The changes to insulation requirements aim to, in, to reduce the energy need for heating residential homes by up to 40%. The changes also include the increase in performance requirements for windows, the doubling of the roofing insulation requirement, and raising requirements to underfloor insulation for new builds. A consultation on the new insulation requirements was done early last year by the Ministry of Business, Innovation and Employment, MB, as part of its annual building code update. And it was decided at that time that the date for the new requirements to be enforced would be 29th of November last year. However, MB General Manager Building System Performance John Snade said that the proposal to push out the date for the new requirements has been made following sector concerns about its readiness to deliver the changes. There's strong support from the Building and Construction Centre for the changes, but due to the intense pressure being faced by the sector, the original timeframes are no longer feasible and an extension is necessary for successful implementation. Following these concerns, MB held several workshops with key sector players to gain a broader understanding of the issues leading to the new proposal, which is now under consultation. The new proposed timeframe will help deliver the biggest energy efficiency changes to the building code in more than a decade, helping to move New Zealand towards its goal of net zero carbon emissions by 2050. Snaid says given the importance of MB's climate change commitments, the extension of this time frame has been made as short as possible to enable successful implementation of the insulation changes. People are encouraged to build homes according to the higher standard because of the benefits they deliver. Consultation on the proposed amendment will run for two weeks until Sunday the 12th of June and a final decision will be announced before the 1st of July. More information on the proposal and instructions on how to make a submission are found at the Ministry of Business, Innovation and Employment website. Want to learn more about investing in property? Join me at one of our free Beginner's Guide to Property Investment events available either online or in person in our office in Ellerslie, based in Auckland. Check out our upcoming dates and register today on our website, propertyapprentice.co.nz. Third topic for this week in review, we've got an article from Stuff on the 30th of May, Taller homes on smaller sections, density rules will shape new suburbs too. New housing rules will take effect this year, allowing developers to build three homes of up to three storeys on most sites without the need for a resource consent. This will allow for 3,400 to 12,200 more dwellings in Hamilton alone over the next eight years as the government pushes for housing intensification in fast growing areas. Some say the Kiwi dream is evolving with new ways to achieve it and a developer warns we should be careful where we choose density to avoid a concrete jungle. Hamilton Mayor Paula Southgate believes that home affordability targets won't be reached unless there are smaller, denser builds that are reasonably priced. Southgate said it was crucial that council staff and developers work together for the best outcomes. She said while there are some developers who just want to build houses, make a buck and walk off, there are a lot of developers who want to create a better city. AUT construction professor John Tookie said density changes could would be about a redefinition of the Kiwi dream, from the standalone quarter acre section to a whole different set of aspirations. Tookie added that the agenda was to achieve the same living outcomes but doing it through shared communal facilities and shared resources. 
in Porirua, the council is seeing the potential of terraced houses and townhouses in increasing the capacity of smaller areas. Mayor Anita Baker said that the Porirua district plan is structured in such a way that tall buildings will not crowd in set areas. Developers must create their whole development plan according to this guideline. In Hamilton, City Councillor Ryan Hamilton, who chairs the Council's District Plan Committee, said that the nature of housing and greenfield developments would be market-led to some extent, but the Council was working on levers to pull around urban design. Hamilton City Council is expected to reveal its response to the government's new housing rules in June, in June outlining what the Medium Density Residential Standards, or MDRS, will look like in a Hamilton context. It's expected that the Council's response will focus on the Teturi Faimana, the vision and strategy for the Waikato River, which requires the protection and restoration of the Waikato River. Mark Davey, Council City's planning manager, said intensification should provide incremental betterment to the river. MADE founder and executive, Chief Executive Charles Ma, is spearheading the development of Eden, which is a 2000 home project on Hamilton's northwest fringe. About 50% of the 137 hectare development will be kept as community parks and nature reserves. He said that Eden will feature more housing intensification over the coming decades. Housing density made sense when land values increased, but it shouldn't happen in a broad brush way. And he added that we have to be wise where we choose density. One of the advantages of intensification in some areas is that more houses will help the local economy. However, if the balance isn't maintained between intensification and the natural environment, this can easily lead to the creation of concrete jungles. Fourth topic on stuff, 31st of May, record low interest rates aren't coming back, says the ASB. So according to ASB Chief Economist Mick Tuffley, people with home loans will need to be wise with their budgeting in order to pay for higher mortgage rates in the coming years. He believes that home loan rates will not return to record lows, but they would stay below the long run average which borrowers experienced over the past two decades. Data from the Reserve Bank Tapua Matua, tip, sorry, I crucified that. <laughs> Data from the Reserve Bank Tapatea Matua shows that mortgage rates peaked in the global financial crisis with floating loan rates higher than 10%, but ASB did not expect fixed home loan rates to reach that level. It toughly expects the OCR to peak at 3.5%, but fixed term mortgage interest rates will rise to settle within a 55 to 6.5% range over the year ahead. Now, if that turns out to be true, that's lower than what the Reserve Bank is predicting, so just be aware of that. Kiwi Bank Chief Economist Jared Kerr said in his first view report released on Monday that around half of mortgage holders were rolling onto new interest rates nearly twice what they'd been paying. This is going to be difficult for households as they need to deal with higher home loan repayments on top of inflation, making the cost of living more expensive. Kerr said that the OCR can be expected to go down from its peak at the end of 2024, but home loan rates can still be volatile should the economy worsen. And this is because the Reserve Bank has options to maintain current settings for longer or even lower borrowing costs to support the economy. 
he said for individual households it was not the only it wasn't only the rate that mattered factors like flexibility and certainty were important to some borrowers he added that it's often not as simple as opting for the lowest rate historically the mortgage curve has been tick shaped with short-term fixed interest rates lower than both the variable and the longer term rates with a one and two year fixed home loan rates lower than the floating rates borrowers could obtain some certainty and a lower rate simply by fixing their mortgages for terms out to two years rather than having a floating rate mortgage. Independent economist Tony Alexander said people missed out on the opportunity that came with his suggestion a year ago to fix their home loan for five years at 2.9%. He said the optimum strategy was to opt for shorter term one and two year rates and then take the pain waiting for the interest rate cycle to change and for rates to start falling again. Alexander said that if he were to fix now he'd likely take a mix of one and two years and then ride the curve down and I think that's a really uh, that's a really good piece of advice there. One of the things that you want to avoid doing is fixing for a long term at higher interest rates, you know, when, because when interest rates start increasing, sometimes the longer term ones look the most attractive because sometimes they can be lower than the short term rates, but you don't want to miss out on the downturn when interest rates do start coming down because the break fees will be horrific. Okay, Tony Alexander believes that only a small number of borrowers would actually find their rates rising higher than what the test rates the banks used to calculate whether they could afford repayments. So, you know, most people should be able to afford things as long as they can tighten their belts a little bit because of increasing inflation. Last but not least, on interest.co.nz on the 1st of June, Home buyers spoiled for choice with a huge increase in the number of homes available for sale, which is brilliant news for anyone that's in the market to buy at the moment. Realestate.co.nz has recorded 26,301 residential dwellings available for sale at the end of May, and that's up a whopping 76.7% compared to the end of May last year. The largest increase in homes for sale took place in the Wellington region, where stock levels were up by 188% compared to May last year. This was followed by the central North Island at 165% up, Hawke's Bay up 148%, Wairarapa up by 143%, Bay of Plenty up 143%, Manawatu and Whanganui up by 142%, Nelson and Bays up by 116% and Waikato up by 106%. Data from realestate.co.nz shows that new listings across the entire country were only up by 2.5% compared to May last year, which means the increase in stock levels is due mostly to a slowdown in sales. The Real Estate Institute of New Zealand recorded 4,860 residential properties sold in April this year, which is down 35% compared to the same time last year. There are signs that the high number of properties on the market and low levels of sales is starting to affect asking prices. Well, yeah, average asking prices were lower than in May. Uh, they were lower in May than they were in April in 11 of realestate.co.nz's 18 sales districts. The biggest declines in average asking prices were in Waikato, where they were down 15.5% in May compared to April, followed by Gisborne down by 9.2%, 
Hawke's Bay down by 5.9% and Southland down by 5.8%. So just be careful when you hear stats like that, where they're talking about declines in averages. Uh, we tend to focus more on the house price index, which shows a much smaller decline in actual property values. Okay, just so we're certainly not expecting a crash. This is the housing market taking a nap rather than actually dying. Okay, so the increase in housing stock and easing asking prices is good news for potential buyers because they can afford to take their time and negotiate harder for a better deal. On the other hand, the market has become more difficult for vendors because they need to pay particular attention to having their properties well presented and realistically priced to ensure a sale over the coming months. And I would suggest that anyone trying to sell their house at the moment needs to also be a bit patient because, you know, whereas previously houses would sell within just a couple of short weeks, these days uh, you need to expect that property to potentially sit on the market for three months, if not longer, okay, until you find the right buyer. So that was this week in review. Hope you enjoyed listening to that and enjoy your long weekend. We'll look forward to catching up with you again next week.